Well, welcome to this first episode of the second season of the League of Visionaries podcast. This season is dedicated to the speakers and visionaries behind the PSASA Convention 2024. And the first of our guests is exceptional in many ways. Amongst other things, he has been a school teacher in Lesotho, a bridge builder in Turkey, a house painter in San Francisco, a carpenter in Oregon, a cowboy in Colorado, a professional photographer, an orchestral music instrument maker, a nightclub disco owner manager, a joiner, shop fitter, and house renovator, an originator of a corporate drumming concept for team building in South Africa that spread globally, and a motivational non-speaker. He has been the silent conductor for almost three decades, with presentations on six continents in over 50 countries, including the likes of Iceland, Hawaii, and Siberia. He has shared the podium with such luminaries as Nelson Mandela, Bill Clinton, Desmond Tutu, John Major, and Liza Minnelli. He was the director of audience participation at the stadium opening of the Cricket World Cup at Newlands. He has conducted a corporate audience at the Royal Albert Hall and a rugby crowd at Wembley Stadium in London. He is equally comfortable presenting to cabinet makers and cabinet ministers in venues from atriums to amphitheaters, and he loves it. Let's welcome our first guest to this new season of the League of Visionaries podcast, the silent conductor, Steve Barnett. Welcome to the League of Visionaries podcast, where we meet experts, entrepreneurs, and enthusiasts with a visionary message to share. This podcast is brought to you by Yazi Media Virtual Media House. Yazi Media is a proud media partner of the PSASA Convention 2024. We dedicate this second season of the podcast to the speakers and other visionaries behind this premier event for the speaking community. I'm your host, Marie LaRue, and this is the League of Visionaries podcast. Steve, thank you so very, very much for being on the League of Visionaries podcast with us. Welcome to the show. How do you explain what it is that you do? Ah, well, to put into so many words, I don't put it in words. Um, <laughs> it's an experience. Speakers, professional speakers get on stage. They say things a lot of very inspirational things people relate to them people usually relate to the things uh, that they that resound with them that the thoughts that they've already had when it's spoken back at them they kind of agree with or, or, or disagree with my approach is that they get it through the experience i'm not saying anything to them so what they feel as individuals and as a group in the audience that's where they get the message. That's such a refreshing change because I love the speaker community. And there are times when there are a lot of words out there. There is something very, very refreshing about a speaker who is a non-speaker. And mm -hmm. uh, you are known as the silent conductor. 
And the way that you approach this is by giving people an experience, as you say. Within that, there is something of a visionary message. When I look at what people say about being in your performances, they speak of the experience. If that could be put into words, what is the visionary message behind that experience? Well, there's an audience, and we're all a part of an audience in our lives, the way we see things and the way we partake in things. And if we're in a business, ha, all the world's a stage, and we're, uh, we're all the players. All the, all the world is a, is a platform, all the world is an orchestra, we're all the players. In any group of diverse people, and, and the audiences, um, you know, if I'm talking about an audience, the audience ranges from a few, maybe maybe from 15 to, to thousands. They all come as with their individual lives and experiences. And the idea is to take them through the various kind of wow moments, but to a point where they, they've, they've started playing as individuals, they may be a little bit uncomfortable with having to play music, even though they're not playing as individuals, they're playing as a group. But they start out with whatever their own experience is. And there's a, there, there's a point at which, you know, people are kind of looking around and, and it's like, whoa, everybody is doing this. And I, I, on stage, haven't asked them to do anything, but suddenly everybody's doing something together. And... Where I'm trying to get to is that they have to concentrate in the beginning on what on what they're doing because I'm handing out different parts to groups, but 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 I want to get to that point where they stop thinking about what they're doing because people always are thinking what what they're doing okay. as they're doing it, but mm. but to the point where where they stop thinking about it and they're just doing it. Now 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 people are going to go in and out of that state. But those are the states that I want when, when people stop thinking about it and they're doing it and they're all, they're, they're all part of a unity of doing it. That's really uh, the goal. I get goosebumps thinking about this. <laughs> but of, of course, that is the kind of experience that, that leaves people with the goosebumps. And the things that they say are really a demonstration that it is transformative for them. And the message comes through there. You speak there of the unity and the way that we can all become active players. Now, while you say so aptly that all the world is a stage and, and all of us are in there playing our own part in the orchestra or on the stage as players, I do believe that there are a lot of people and a lot of the people in the audiences that you have served who often don't feel like they are active actors in their own lives and you do something that's very unique among speakers or within the speaking world and even in the performance world and that is you almost hand over center stage to your audience members it's not about you it's about them and this is the heart of that engagement and engagement has recently become, well, it's always been, but we've become so aware of it as this holy grail for speakers, for marketers, for teachers, anybody who wants to have influence, you have to realize that it's not about you. It is about the person at the other end of this message. And, and you do that very actively by handing over these tuned percussion 
instruments. Can you tell us more about this opening up agency to everybody who is involved and also that process with the instruments? When you talk about the uh, different players being being out there and, and, and about <clears throat> engagement, which is the really big thing, I think part of the reason, if you're listening to a speaker who's on stage, you can listen with half an ear, you know, I think, I think, uh, you, you know, I mean, people come up with percentages of how many people are actually listening, how what people can take away. When I walk onto stage and I have an introduction that says, uh, well, it, it, it kind of uses the negative, it talks about uh, uh, all, the, all the places that I haven't spoken, which are all the places that I've been to speak at, but haven't spoken. Um, and uh, it ends with the line, uh, you know, he hasn't spoken in so many countries and today he won't speak to you. And people find that uh, kind of amusing. It's like, how exactly is he going to do this? And then I walk onto stage and I ge generally don't say anything. It's a bit of theater. Uh, I look out at them. There's an expectancy. I'll wait for a reaction to come. Sometimes people sit, sometimes they laugh, sometimes they uh, just, just start uh, uh, um, applauding but when I'm standing there and I make my presence felt people tend to like well what is happening firstly how is he not going to speak and secondly what is happening and so if people have their cell phones out or their or their uh, computers or whatever they they really stop because I make myself the center of attention so I generally have pretty close to a hundred percent attendance when I start and then I just try to keep it there by keeping the tempo up by keeping it moving um when when you say hand over <clears throat> you know the, the the empowerment of of being part of the thing but it but it has a focus and mm -hmm. the focus is as I call myself a conductor which is it's a conductor but I, I'm also like you know, as as I see the, the kind of vision of where the audience, where the organization, where they're going to, where, you know, what, what, what their focus is, because there's always got to be a kind of a focus, a vision, a mission, whatever it is. <clears throat> I give a center to that, but it's coming from the people who are playing. In an era where we're all so distractible and you speak of the dreaded phones and laptops and things within the audience and all those things that can distract people. You use these very powerful words of making your presence felt. How do you do it? What's, what is the recipe? <laughs> I remember watching the Oscars once and, uh, you know, this is full of big stars and, and, and every, every, everybody's like a, like a superstar. Sean Connery walks onto stage and He's come to kind of introduce or, or do something. And you could just feel the presence that he has just as, as a person. Now, I certainly can't compare myself because I would say, you know, I grew up kind of normally shy. I thought I was more shy than most. But when I walk onto stage, I have a confidence. I'm not a very big person. But if you, if I really wouldn't know even how to, how to teach it, you know, but I know that when I walk up to the podium in my silence, people are looking for something to concentrate on 
And I, I just hold that presence. The way that I see it is I create a space between myself and the audience where we can meet. That is where the, the, the interaction happens. I don't see it as, as being about me, even though you know I'm, I'm, I'm the focal point. I see the focal point as a little bit distant away from me where we can meet together, like that, like that zero point between the, <laughs> the earth and the moon where something is in the <laughs> If you're enjoying learning from our guests, just imagine attending their presentations and meeting them in person. At the PSASA Convention 2024, you can do just that. The PSASA Convention is the biggest annual event hosted by the Professional Speakers Association of Southern Africa, the PSASA a membership body which exists to support the common needs of professional speakers. During its 17-year existence, the convention has been consistently attended by an enthusiastic audience, primarily based in South Africa. It has, however, over the years also become a popular event with international speakers looking to develop their African network. PSASA 2024 is the ideal opportunity to interact with peers and spend time with decision makers in a space where creativity, innovation, and connection are at the forefront. Find the link to book your spot at the end of this episode and in the description. This is such an unusual way to approach being on stage. Somehow, this is something that you have mastered and expressed and with such incredible effects for the people who've experienced it. But how did you strike on it? How did you discover this? I started in the beginning of this journey uh, with a kind of team building idea before it was happening. It subsequently got very big. I started with somebody else, but I you know, developed my own methodology. I, and I started with interactive drumming. Um, in in the in the mid uh, in the mid nineties, when South Africa was coming into the world, a lot of djembe drums were coming into the country. Uh, <clears throat> it um, I'd been a bit of a percussionist beforehand. It hadn't, you know, I, I, I certainly have never been a, a professional musician. I just love playing. When I was uh, uh, at university, I discovered music. I, I, I didn't have the, um, the discipline to, to, to practice and I never went to lessons like that. But when I was at university, I was introduced to jamming. A lot of people would get together with different instruments and they would play. I was always on percussion because I was most comfortable with it. And uh, what I would notice when, when, when people were jamming, you know, there, there were magic moments that, ha that, that happened, you know. I didn't understand the language, but they would say something like, okay, we're gonna do a blues in G and everybody would kick in and, and they'd play. And it was like this, this, you know, I could be a part of the music, even though I wasn't a musician. It was kind of magic to me. And when, when I got a little bit older and I was living in communities, like when I was in my mid to late twenties, I was living in, in a community with a lot of people. I would invite people around to my house to jam. I would, I, I, I knew the technique was to have a few people there who could actually play, but a lot of other people who would come in and they'd bring their instruments and they'd stand at the back quite shyly. And, you know, it's like, we can't really play amongst these people who really, you know, and then, then they would 
start seeing chords or listening to sounds or keys that they could understand and people would join out, join in and there was empowerment there and it kind of stuck with me that that, that idea of allowing people in you know to to where they could they could be a part of it and and and, and you know even, even though they they were on, on different less levels of musicality so when i started they, they, you know i had a a whole lot of years of different life experiences and different jobs that I was doing. And maybe you'll, I'll, I'll send you a list that you can maybe mention some of them. But at a certain point in, in, in the mid, uh, I actually decided at, at, at an age that I was going to change my life without knowing what was going to happen. And, and at that point, you know, I, it, it was when I was 45. For, for anybody out there wanting to know if they can change their life at any time, I had teenage daughters. And I came, I, you know, I had this idea. I started jamming with people, and I had this idea that 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 uh, that drumming was a way that people could come in because it was easy to to bang along, easier than playing chords on a guitar. Actually, just as difficult, you know. People think, well, Africans have got rhythm. Yeah, there's a different kind of rhythm, but but having rhythm doesn't mean that you can play an instrument, you know. Mm. So, so in, uh, giving people something that they could all take take part in and the empowerment that the, the, that came from that and when i started with that and when it was a team building idea i would talk to people about the power of the drum the power of africa because mid 90s just after the change of government you know south africa was kind of flavor of the flavor of the month flavor of the decade at the moment we again flavor of the day but that's a different story Drumming Africa, that feel there was a very strong message there, and uh, I would be talking about the power of the drum and 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 the communication and the vibration that you get from the drum and that everybody gets when they're all playing together, uh, which was a which is is and was a very powerful message. But in doing that, the feedback that I was getting was that the parts of the my presentation where I wasn't talking, even though the, the words were important, the parts where I weren't talking were the most effective. So mm -hmm. I, I just picked up on, on that idea and I just thought, well, I'm gonna run with that. Um, with the idea of, 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 it, of it being through the demonstration and the action that people take part. I, I just developed that because it was a stronger thing. And then I moved away from drums because drumming as such became its own um branding and mm. and 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 I was I never felt that I was about drumming I felt I was about something more about the participation and, and engagement wow that is yeah I didn't know I had so many goosebumps available to me I just think that it's it's such an incredible uh, uh story and just following where the current takes us when it comes to finding that that thing that is uniquely ours that that's just an incredible story of how it happened for you and you speak there of the vibration now this is something that's very physical visceral for someone in your audiences there is something about uh drumming but when it becomes in unison and it is all over you've you've said that your audiences could be very small but they could go to stadium size and uh, that is incredible because you feel it in in your heart in your in your body cavities you feel it in your bones and and there's something about that 
vibration and almost an entrainment that brings people together. How, how did you experience that and how do you orchestrate that? I used to do an exercise when, 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 I was, uh, when we were using drums, because these are hand drums. I'd get everybody to put their fingers lightly on top of the skin. And I would then play from the stage or, or, or I'd have musicians on stage with me who would, who would play. And everybody feels that vibration in the skin. And I, I, I mean, it's a very visceral, very, I mean, very powerful feeling that you can feel that happening. And then I would explain that as we play, the vibration of what we are playing as individuals spreads out to everybody. So even as we're playing together, that vibration would, 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 would kind of spread and be felt by everybody. Not only metaphorically, but in, but in fact, vibration is felt by us all the time. Mm. Um, we from 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 different sources we talk about i mean there was there's a lot of kind of new age talk and at the time when when i kind of started and and i was uh, doing my first kind of proposals i stayed very clear away from the kind of new age idea of vibes and so on but except it's now become you know <laughs> part of the <laughs> everyday talk but we do that we feel that then when i moved away from using actual drums i'm using different sounds so i'm, I'm most often now using uh, percussion instruments which which i make and i tune and so on and and it's because I'm much easier to transport. I mean, to take a thousand drums as a truckload and to take a, a thousand percussion instruments, I can take them on a plane with me and my baggage. But the idea of everybody just be, be, being a, par, a, a part of something that's, that's, that's whole. So if I'm dividing my, you, you know, I'll divide my, my audience, say, into, into four or five different groups and different, different rhythms, the, 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 the vibration, it's 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 always there, but it's you know if it's a percussion instrument, it's a lot less powerful than a drum, for example. But it's mm. still there. It's a different uh, rhythm that's coming from different parts of the audience. But those rhythms all come together in sound and in feeling to create the the, the orchestration of what's what everybody's doing together. Now you you speak about the jamming and this idea of almost a, a flow state that the audience goes into, how, how structured is your set? How much do you prepare? How much do you allow yourself to go with improvisation? Is there a plan? How do you feel about that element of structure versus spontaneity? <laughs> Good question. When I first started on this journey, you know, as, as I'd, I'd be, I'd be in front of an audience, and and I'd get an idea, and I'd think, okay, well, can can, can I take them there? You know, mm. as you do it more and more and more, that you know that happens less and less. You know, I would say it's not, it 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 has become structured, just because it's very hard to come up with new things every time I go out there. But in terms of, of, of knowing what your audience is going to do, you never, you never really know. I mean, there's the, the, the you know, preparedness, you can prepare, but you, but you have a different audience every time. 
Now, what I what I kind of like to think I'm doing is approaching people on a human level. People, uh, 99% of the people in the audience have never never played before. They might be intimidated by what they're doing, but there are things that you can get audiences to respond to on a human level. When I've got different kind of cultures in an audience, when I'm playing to an audience, say in Japan as opposed to an audience in Brazil, you have to try and get the, 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 the kind of common human thread that people respond to. So for example, I use uh, a lot of humor and sometimes the sessions that I do, I mean, I, I get amazed. I'm, I'm on stage and it's like, it's like a comedy set. I, I, I have to stop myself at some point and think, well, no, no, you, you got to, you got to kind of, you can't make it too funny. You got to get, you, you got to get your, you know, people to, you, you got to get a message across of people playing together. But the humor is used to, to engage with people, but also because I'm not speaking, it's a humor that doesn't rely on words. It relies mm -hmm. on, on uh, a, a physicality, on, um, on comic timing, and that is that is a human thread that people that the people anywhere can relate to. There are the, there are humorous things that you can do of creating attention and then a, a release of of funny sounds, of funny motions that work with 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 everybody. So <clears throat> this is what I use. I use a lot of humor to bring people in, but but I'm using the same kind of techniques musically, so that so that people are not going to be intimidated, even though they think that they're not rhythmic, but they've got people around them doing the same thing. So you've got with different different groups, they're 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 creating it together and they're 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 bouncing their energy of everybody else. So there's nothing incorrect that people are doing. The, the, the way that, that the instruments and the sounds are made in terms of structure is that even if they're playing the note at the wrong time, it's not going to be out of harmony because mm -hmm. the notes are, are designed to be harmonious, even if they played so-called incorrectly. So nothing's going to be incorrect. I, mm. I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> mm. That's really, really fascinating because there's so much flexibility to it. And again, this is what becomes possible when the audience is that involved, that they are part of the script. It actually really becomes their show and their experience as well. Now, you spoke there about something that is so vital to anybody who is holding a stage, whether it's a speaker or a teacher or a performer, and that is energy. What is your experience of actually guiding that energy of the group when it is flagging? How much of it depends on you? And how much do you use this bouncing that you speak of? Because it, there definitely is something about the energy of the crowd being so much more, exponentially more than what one person can bring. Yeah, the um, <clears throat> graveyard shift is it's sometimes called the after lunch shift. Um, I'm okay with that. I mean, sometimes you can get the early morning shift, which is the uh, might be the day after the World Cup, and then you've got an audience <laughs> that are quite hungover. You get your late afternoon where people are kind of tired, but you're doing the, you know, the the, the kind of leave everybody with leave everybody with a with a high. It, it's it's different different times of the day. 
Um, do I do I find it difficult? I think once once I've got people into it, even if they got full bellies, or even I, I prefer if they haven't uh, had anything to drink, because mm -hmm. you kind of do lose your rhythm. But you, you mm -hmm. think you gained some, but you've actually lost it. That's my least favorite. But once you get everybody focused, I try and keep the energy up all the time. But there's a dynamic. So it goes kind of up and down and up and down, but I try and keep it at quite a high level all the time. I don't mind. It's it, it, it's almost like in a, in, in a piece of music, you can't have high energy all the time. So if you have a, a flagging audience, you can kind of use that lull to build up to a crescendo and then come down and build up to a crescendo again. So it's pacing is really important as in a, as in, any speaker, you, you know, will know pacing is really important and, and you've got to hit your highs and hit your lows. I think that, that I mean, in terms of, talk, you know, doing a presentation at, at, at a speaker's conference, um, what speakers can learn is, a, is about uh, pacing and, and engagement, if they look mm -hmm. at it like that. But they would have to look at it afterwards because when they're in the session, it's, you're in. <laughs> So what I do in general with my sessions, not even in general, what I do in all my sessions, because, you know, people have so much fun, you know, they often don't realize what they're achieving. So I end my sessions with slides so that I don't have to say anything. And the slides usually say, well, you know, the first slide says what just happened, which often makes people mm -hmm. kind of laugh because you know, why, did it, why did it work and how is it applicable to your organization? that a group of diverse people without speaking, without any rehearsal, can make music and actually make, make quite good music together. You know, what does that mean about the possibilities in, in, in groups in general? So that's where my message comes through. That's actually really profound uh, because especially when things get really fun and, and we really go in for the experience, it can be easy to get disconnected from that actual meaning. Steve, uh, the uh, late Archbishop Desmond Tutu said that you have an exceptional gift. And over time, this exceptional gift has really served people. I, I believe that everybody has something. Some of us have found it. Some of us have not found it. Some of us have found it and we're still scared to share it. The, the fact is that gift is almost not something we can be proud of, but when we use it, it makes a difference for people. For the people who, who are still looking for their gift, for the ones who found it and they're still hesitant to go out and use it, what, what would you say to them? I'll give an example of, uh, of some of the, th the things that I do during the session. So everybody plays music together, but I also have a range of different small percussion instruments that I hand out to individuals. Um, it's part of uh, the, you could call it the, the, the humor section, the kind of uh, break, the engagement, you know, a different kind of engagement session. So I will choose somebody in the audience and I will either bring them on stage, which which in general is is kind of a, a no no as a as a general rule, but I, I like to do the no nos, um, 
or, or otherwise they'll, they'll just be in the audience. I will choose something that, that, that maybe is a duck call or I'll choose a vuvuzela or I'll <clears throat> different kind of sounds, maybe a car horn. I'll give it to the, the, the person in the, in the audience and, and uh, I'll get everybody to play and then stop and then that person will play be it the vuvuzela or a, a swanee whistle or a flute or something like that. Usually in the beginning, um, they don't get it and then they do, you know, I, I mean, especially the, the, the vuvuzela, you know, sometimes, especially if they haven't played before, they'll play and it'll sound funny and, it's, and, 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 and everybody will laugh, laugh in a way because it's a funny sound and also that they're just pleased that it isn't them. You know that that's be, that's being embarrassed, and 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 I'll do a kind of conducting and a guidance uh, in 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 front of this person from from the stage, or if 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 they're next to me, I'll give a kind of a guidance of how to play, and then they'll get it. The vuvuzela sound. So in the beginning, it doesn't sound so great, and then they get it, and the audience goes crazy. And so from an embarrassment, which is never a big embarrassment. But the, once they get it and everybody's cheering, you know, it's like such a boost to the to the person who it is. Lots of different instruments like that. And people will come. So, so I'll, I'll do this sometimes with a small group of people, you know, so, so there, there's different sounds that are very close by or if it's in a big audience. And, and often people will come to me afterwards and say, well, how did you know who to choose? Because you just chose the right person. And yes. my answer is it'll always be the right person because, because people will, if, 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 if you give it over to them, if you give them that empowerment, they'll play their part. And, 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 and I mean, it's astounding because it's just like always the, the right person. So to, to, to give an example, something that happened uh, a couple of years ago, I was playing with a group in, in London somewhere and I'm looking out into the audience and I have my vuvuzela and it's you know it's it's kind of it, it you know I, I usually use it as, a, as a funny instrument and i look out in the row and there's there, there's a row of people in front of me and i pick out a guy and 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 i give him the instruments he starts to play and it is absolutely extraordinary he plays it with such clarity and you know, it was just astounding so i I, I, I get everybody to play a bit and then I come back to him and he plays it and turns out that he was a principal trumpeter in the National Symphony Orchestra. And I just happened to choose him. And everybody in the audience thinks that this is like a pre-worked you know, pre out thing. And I don't know. And he doesn't know. He doesn't know why I've chose, chose him, chosen him. And again, you, you want to talk about goosebumps. He played in a way, I, he just, kept on playing tunefully. I mean, a Vuvuzela doesn't, you can't play it tunefully. This guy was magic. But I also know that had I chose the person next to him because it was just haphazard, it would have been a different experience for that person and for everybody else. And it would also have been right. So mm. people, people if, if you actually allow them and you, and you, you, you empower them, people will usually rise up to the occasion. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's that's a real reassurance because it's so easy, uh, whether we are speakers or 
anybody who who has a message we do often have that fear that things will go wrong and uh, it's actually often in the things that go supposedly wrong that that the magic can happen so that's a very okay. reassuring Mm. Uh, Steve, speaking of uh, planning and spontaneity, uh, you have had me so excited that I've completely lost track of my questions, but I do have one important one to ask, and that is about your presentation at the PSASA Convention 2024, and I believe your topic is The Art of Leadership, The Science of Engagement. Now, why is that a session to attend? Uh, with you, there's one temptation that many speakers have, and that is to let the cat out of the bag. We know you can't because it's an experience. Um, why is that the session to attend and what can people expect? Well, what people can expect is to have a whole lot of fun. But in observing especially afterwards, because as I say, when people are in the session, they're totally involved, but looking at it afterwards and questioning why did it work? What engagement tools did I use to get them to buy into to, to, to what I'm expecting of them? Because I'm not asking anybody, which is actually part of the magic, but you know, because I'm not asking anybody, what am I doing uh, uh, on stage with my presence to get everybody to focus and, and, and to buy in and, and, and to engage. Because, because as, as uh, you know, a, a lot of presentations, you know, presenters talk about the fact of, you know, how much of, of communication is words and how much is actions. And, you know, all, that, that, that's what I want them to, to, to look back on. And it's like, why, why was I prepared to, focus in that way what was steve doing on stage that i can adapt to 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 my presentations mm. so that's back to those almost the slides at the end the message of Correct. what Correct. what is it how do i go and apply this and for speakers specifically that is such a powerful powerful message steve so at the time of recording we're still a few months away from the convention uh, yeah. But I'm sure you're also working on other exciting projects. What is lighting you up at the moment? <laughs> yeah, what lights me up is uh, is travel. I fortunately get to go to a lot of different places. Speakers, you know, are, are there to speak, but also to gather from the experience of the places that they go to. I've been mm -hmm. very fortunate to go to a lot of different uh, different countries and to see how different different people relate to to what I'm doing in their own particular different ways. That excites me is is uh, is is seeing how how different peoples and and and, and cultures. As I said, you know, I'm I'm going into the humanity of it, but people get you know people accept it and 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 view it you know, in their own different ways. That's really interesting to me. That is so exciting. And the fact that when we remove language, we take away so many of the barriers. Um, there, there's a lot of charm to visiting a different country and learning a bit of the language so that you can get by. But actually being robbed of the ability to have that language, especially if it's a place where we have no linguistic connection whatsoever, and yeah. 
actually just being right back to you're a human, I'm a human, and um, here we are. We've we've got things to do. The, the the reaction that I get from from different people ranges, you know, in 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 when I'm getting feedback ranges from that was fun to that was that was a spiritual experience to um, <laughs> I, I I saw my ancestors, you know. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Uh, people people see it in, in 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 so many different ways and feel it in so many different ways. That feedback, you know, very often I, I I will I will walk when people are filing into to um, a, a conference hall. I'll walk around and look at the people who are walking in, and I look at them as individuals and as a group, and 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 uh, and. And I'll, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, like in a half an hour or an hour, whenever I'm going to go in with them, what are they going to be feeling? You know, I'm, I'm seeing them as individuals. Am I going to be each, be able to reach that individual person, this group of people? I know, I know that I am, but I'm interested in in, in them as as a group beforehand, and then how they come out afterwards. Um, you know, the, 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 the smiles that I get when, 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 when I walk off stage and I'm walking back through the audience, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the real excitement. Wow. Steve, I feel so incredibly lucky to have had a chance to actually hear the words behind the magic and have the chance to have a conversation with you. I believe, having heard this, people who have the opportunity to be at the PSASA convention uh, in 2024 cannot wait to see you on the stage and to, to have this experience of the silent conductor. But for people beyond that, who are maybe not in the speaking community, who are interested in learning from you, following you and booking you, where is the best place to find you? Best place to find me is on my website, www.thesilentconductor.com there's a booking form there but there's also uh, my cell number so people can contact me directly there's my email so people can contact me directly that's the best way that, that I prefer what I do want to say to you in terms of this interview and in terms of the, the you know the time until the the convention is happening I'm very impressed at how much energy is being put into this particular convention. I appreciate it as a speaker, and I'm sure the other speakers appreciate it as well. The uh, community of speakers inside the PSASA, but also among speakers worldwide, is so powerful. But it doesn't need to be a secret society. It's wonderful that we are <laughs> sharing and, and spreading the word. Steve, yeah. what a great privilege. Thank you so much for being on the League of Visionaries podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs> You've been listening to the League of Visionaries podcast, brought to you by Yazi Media Virtual Media House. Yazi Media is a proud media partner to the PSASA Convention 2024. All the guests on this season of the podcast will be speaking at this premier event for speakers. Book your spot at the PSASA Convention 2024 on the PSASA website at www.psasouthernafrica.co.
www.ghostbusters.co.za.